All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast. This is your host, Jared Dawkins here. Welcome to a Baltimore Ravens edition of the show today. Obviously, as we all know, free agency has started, and the Baltimore Ravens have made a couple of moves, not groundbreaking moves, not big-time moves that are going to get us Ravens fans jumping up out of our seats, but the Ravens have made a couple of moves to this point that have improved the football team not all the way, but somewhat moves that I can honestly say as a Ravens fan, I really do appreciate. I appreciate them. I really, really do. Which brings me to what has stood out to me about the Baltimore Ravens. And let's talk about one of those free agency moves. Wide receiver. Obviously, as we all know, the Baltimore Ravens signed free agent wide receiver Sammy Watkins, formerly of the of the former defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Kansas City Chiefs. Um, obviously, Sammy Watkins is 27 years old. He's been in the league since 2014. Drafted out of Clemson, and I really think this is a very, 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 very good move for the Baltimore Ravens. But here's why I believe the free agent, the wide receiver free agent market is playing out exactly the way that it actually should be playing out for the Ravens. Number one, the Baltimore Ravens and a lot of Ravens fans need to understand this and they need to realize this. And this includes people in the media too. The Baltimore Ravens operate a lot differently than than a lot of other teams in the league. When you win as much as the Baltimore Ravens have won in the history of their franchise, when you've won multiple championships with the way that the Ravens have won multiple championships, sometimes your way of doing things, it just works. The Baltimore Ravens, we're not going to go out and spend big money on a free agent wide receiver. It's not what the Baltimore Ravens do. They don't do that. Kenny Galladay wanted 18, $18.5 per year. He was not going to get that here. The Giants gave that to him. The Ravens were not going to go out and sign a Corey Davis to a three-year, $37.5 million contract. Now, the Ravens did try to go get Juju Smith-Schuster, and they they did try to sign him to a $13 million contract. But Juju chose to go back to Pittsburgh. Will Fuller signed a one-year deal with the Miami Dolphins. T.Y. Hilton chose to go back to Indianapolis. What I'm pretty much what I'm saying is the Baltimore Ravens have never been known to spend big money in free agency, especially at the wide receiver position. Now, I will say this. Eric DaCosta is different from Ozzie Newsom. Here's and here's how all of us Ravens fans know that Eric DaCosta is different from Ozzie. And I've said this before numerous times. Ozzie Newsom has only made one big free one big 
semi-free agent move in his in his entire tenure as Ravens general manager from 1996 all the way to 2018. And that was when he traded for Anquan Bolden from the Arizona Cardinals. That's the only big time move that Eric I mean that that Ozzie Newsom, excuse me, has ever made as far as going to get a wide receiver in the history of this franchise. But I'm going to throw some names out to you guys very quickly to give you guys some evidence as to why the way the free agent market is playing out right now is the way that it's supposed to play out. Okay? I'm going to throw some names out to you guys. Derek Mason, TJ Hushmanzada, Jacoby Jones, Lee Evans, Dante Stallworth. Why do I throw those names out to you guys? I throw those names out to you guys, to you rave, to you fellow Ravens fans, because those are free agent wide receivers that the Ravens have either signed and or traded for, including Anquan Bolden, that the Ravens eventually ended up making the playoffs with, or in or just specifically in the case of Anquan Bolden winning a damn championship with. So, with that being said, there are a couple of, well, actually, no, I'm sorry, there's one specific wide receiver out there right now in the free agent market who I'm going to talk about in a little bit in the next segment who I think right now at this very moment, it's the perfect time for the Ravens to go get this guy. Again, I think y'all know who I'm talking about. I'm going to bring him up a little bit later in the show, but I think you guys know who I'm getting at. But again, I brought up all of those names because those were guys, not to say that they were bargain basement guys because that would be disrespectful, but those were second tier and third tier veteran guys that Ozzie Newsom went after towards the latter end of free agency that benefited the Ravens down the line as far as them winning big games and getting to the playoffs. And more specifically, in the case of Anquan Bolden and Jacoby Jones, winning a world championship with. So again, this free agent market, if you look at the history of what the Baltimore Ravens have done as far as spending money on free agent wide receivers, the Ravens are not going to spend big money on a free agent wide out, especially a, a, a top tier free agent wide receiver. Because that's not what the Ravens do. The Ravens are patient. The Ravens are strategic, and and the Raven and that Ravens front office knows what the hell they are doing. So all these Ravens fans on Instagram complaining about the Ravens not signing a wide receiver, or you need to go get this guy, or you should have signed that guy, or nobody want no receiver wants to come to Baltimore and play for the Ravens because of the because of how the way the Ravens offense is 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 shaped as far as its scheme and. Just stop. Stop complaining, please. Please please stop. We got one guy. We got Sammy Watkins. Okay? Now, do I believe that now do I believe that that is the end all be all of the Baltimore Ravens as far as Eric DaCosta continuing to improve this receiving court? No. No. I don't believe I don't believe in any way, shape, or form 
that Eric DaCosta is just going to sit back and say, okay, we got Sammy Watkins. Okay, we're gonna go into the we're gonna go into week one of the two of the 2021 season with Hollywood Brown, Devin Duvernay, Miles Boykin, and Sammy Watkins and Mark Andrews, and we're good. We're not gonna improve. We're not gonna go and draft a receiver in the first round in the uh, within the first two or three rounds of this draft. We're not gonna do that. We're cool. We're good. Eric Eric is not stupid. Eric DaCosta is not dumb. He knows what he's doing. Patience is a virtue. Good thing, good, good things come to those who wait. Eric DaCosta is a patient man, but he's also very, very aggressive when he when he feels he needs to be. Which brings me back to last year when Eric DaCosta tried to trade for. DeAndre Hopkins. It would not surprise me right now as I'm doing this podcast, as I'm doing this Ravens edition of my show. It would not surprise me one damn bit if Eric DaCosta is on the phone right now trying to make a trade for an Allen Robinson or trying to make a trade for a DJ Chark from the Jacksonville Jaguars or trying to make a trade for Michael Thomas from the from the New Orleans Saints along with getting Sammy Watkins or trying to go out to free agency and getting another veteran wide receiver. It would not surprise me if Eric DaCosta is trying to do that, to continue to put weapons around Lamar Jackson while Lamar is still on his rookie contract. Because once we pay Lamar Jackson, and I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. What the Ravens are doing is very, very smart. And a lot of people really ain't paying attention to this. But y'all need to pay attention to this. Eric DaCosta is putting talent around Lamar first. And then he's going to give him the extension later. He's What Eric DaCosta is not going to do, he's not going to not put talent around Lamar, then give him the extension, and then not have any money left over to not give to my, to not put Lamar. Uh, to not put talent around Lamar. That just would not be smart. So, again, this free agent wide receiver market is playing out the way that the Ravens expected it to play out. It's It's playing out the way that the Ravens wanted it to because the Ravens are patient like that. And a lot of you Ravens fans out there, y'all need to be patient too. So sit back and take a chill pill. Like, relax. Just relax. Um, But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you guys why, like I said before, in my opinion, the Ravens signing Sammy Watkins is the beginning of a revamping of the receiving core and why I believe Antonio Brown coming to the Ravens makes more sense now than it did at any point last year. That's coming up. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Obviously, like I mentioned before in the last segment, the Baltimore Ravens went out and they signed Sammy Watkins, veteran wide receiver from the Kansas City Chiefs, Super Bowl champion wide receiver. Here's why I honestly believe that the Ravens signing Sammy Watkins is the Beginning of a revamping with this receiving core. Lamar Jackson, two seasons ago, 
won the NFL MVP, led the league, led the league in touchdown passes with 36 touchdown passes with the 31st-ranked receiving core in the league. Then Lamar came back the following year, threw 24 more touchdown passes with the 32nd-ranked receiving core in the league. The Ravens signing Sammy Watkins is the beginning of a revamping with this receiving core. Okay, like I mentioned before in the last segment, Eric DaCosta is not just going to sit back and say, okay, we got Sammy Watkins, that's it. It would not surprise me if Eric DaCosta goes into the draft and he goes and gets two more younger receivers, like a Kadarius Tony out of Florida, like an Amari Rogers out of Clemson, which reminds me, T. Martin, is Amari Rogers' father, okay? And at the end of the day, it would not surprise me, T. Martin is the wide receivers coach with the Ravens. It would not surprise me one damn bit if the Baltimore Ravens draft Amari Rogers, not just because of that relationship between Amari and T, but because of the simple fact that The Ravens, you can never, ever, ever have enough playmakers at the receiver position or perimeter positions on offense. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Look at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Even with guys like Juju, Pittsburgh is still drafting receiver after receiver after receiver after receiver. Why? Because you can never, ever, ever have enough of them. Kansas City, Pittsburgh. You can never have you can never have enough of them, and that's why I say with Baltimore, this is the the signing of Sammy Watkins is not the end all be all, and and like I said before, Ravens fans, y'all need to be patient. Patience is a virtue, man. So, which brings me to my next point. This is why I say I believe Antonio Brown coming to the Ravens makes perfect sense now more than it did at any point last year. Here's why. As we all know, Antonio Brown had his issues in Pittsburgh. Outside of Antonio Brown's first five years with the Pittsburgh Steelers, when they had Emmanuel Sanders and Michael and Mike Wallace and Heinz Ward and Antoine Randall, outside of those first five years in Pittsburgh and 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 last season in Tampa Bay, from 2014 to 2019, every team that Antonio Brown was on that felt like AB was a problem. And when AB felt like it was all about AB, business was business is booming. Facebook Live, flipping out on Instagram in front of and flipping out flipping out on his girl in front of the cops on Instagram. From 2014 to 2019, it was all about AB. Business is booming. Like I said before, Facebook Live. Every team that AB was on from that during that five to six year period. That team moved on from Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown was a problem. Pittsburgh, I can't tell you how many. Pittsburgh, 
I can't imagine how much crap a Pittsburgh had to put up with with AB that did not get out to the media. Then Pittsburgh trades him to the, the then Oakland Raiders. The helmet issue. Him calling out him him calling out Mike Mayock, calling him a racial slur. Antonio Brown recording John Gruden um, during them having a phone conversation. Then the Raiders move on from him. Then he goes to New England. Doesn't even last a, doesn't even last a week there. Sends a bunch of threatening text text messages to his sexual assault accuser. Then they cut him. Then he starts flipping out on Twitter. Calling, calling out the Patriots, calling out the NFL. Then he, then, then, then a few, then a few days later on Instagram, talks about how he misses the NFL. And then last season, works out with Lamar Jackson, works out with Hollywood, but the Ravens don't sign him. Why don't? Why didn't the Ravens sign him last year? And why did the Ravens choose Des Bryant, Des Bryant over him? The Ravens chose Des over him because the Ravens felt like at that moment, Des was more mature and ready to play at that time. A.B. wasn't ready to play. A.B. was not ready to play. He wasn't mature enough and he wasn't well, he wasn't well behaved enough as a grown man to be ready to play. That's why... It took as long for him to. That's why it took as long for AB to be signed as it, as it did, and that's why that's why AB had to go to Tampa Bay. He had to be a part of a. He had to be a part of a team again, where it wasn't all about him. Mike Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Gronk, Ronald Jones in the backfield. Leonard Fournette in the backfield, Cameron Bray, Tyler Johnson. It was it wasn't all about A B. It wasn't all about A B at that point. And A B had to be a part of an environment again like that. Like his first five years in Pittsburgh, where it wasn't all about him. And the fact that he knows now, and the fact that he's humbled enough to know that it ain't all about him. And that it's not all about his catches and his targets. The fact that he was a part of a winning situation where it where he knows it's not where he knows that it wasn't all about him. Now he's humbled. It's humbled him. And not only that, here's another reason why him coming here makes a lot of sense. Obviously, last year, Holly, uh, he, he uh, last off season, he worked out with Hollywood. Hollywood Brown is his cousin. He worked out with Lamar Jackson during the offseason. He has a relationship with those guys. If he comes here, he's comfortable with those guys. And here's the other thing. John Harbaugh and that Ravens organization, they're going to allow players to be themselves. But what A.B. has to do, A.B. has to be smart in being himself. You can be you, A.B., but be smart in being yourself. That's the that's the one thing about this entire situation that AB has to do. He has to be smart in being himself. And not only that now, I will say this. He still has all of those sexual assault allegations lingering around. Here's the thing about that. 
Eric DaCosta and the front office. I can guarantee you here's the reason why Antonio Brown has not signed either with the Ravens or with another team in general. I really believe that he has not signed with either the Ravens or another team in general, more specifically because we're talking about Baltimore right now. I believe he's not signed with the Ravens right now because Eric DaCosta Eric DaCosta is doing his due diligence right now with the situation. Okay. I can almost guarantee you before Eric DaCosta even thinks about signing a B, he is on the phone with Jason Light, talking to him, talking to Jason Light, the general manager of Tampa Bay, asking him what was a B like in Tampa? How was a B in Tampa? Did a B do well in Tampa? And I can almost guarantee you Eric DaCosta and John Harbaugh will talk to some of the players on, on the on the Baltimore Ravens right now, or, or not right now, but talk to them in general and ask them, what do you think about A.B. coming here? Again, when you have a guy like A.B. who has as much baggage as, he ha- as he's had during his career, you got to do your due, you have to do your due diligence first. As great and as elite of a wide receiver as that young man is, AB's only two years older than me. But as great and as talented of a receiver as AB is, that dude has some baggage with him. And you have to do your due diligence before you sign him. And that's what I truly believe Eric DaCosta is doing before he even thinks about signing him. I believe he's on the phone with Jason Light talking to him. Yes, he still has the draft going on. Yes, Eric DaCosta still has the draft that he has to worry about. But I also still believe that at the same time that Eric DaCosta, if he wants to sign A.B., I really believe he's doing his due diligence first, and then he's going to sign him later. But but lastly, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to talk about why the wide receiver position isn't just the only position that I believe the Ravens need to address moving forward. I also believe the Ravens need to address the the pass rushing position. Obviously, you still have pass rushers like Justin Houston still out on the market, Melvin Ingram, Everson Griffin. You still have Clay Matthews still sitting out there, and Clay Matthews hasn't played since two thousand since since since. Since 2019. So, and then the defensive line. How much longer is Brandon Williams going to be able to play? So, the Ravens, the Ravens, outside of wide receiver, you still have the defensive, uh, the defensive tackle position. Yes, yes, we have Broderick Washington, who just made a just made a stupid decision. By getting by getting arrested a couple of weeks ago, which was dumb, it would not surprise me if the Ravens move on from him, or if they give him a warning that if you screw up like this again, you're you're gonna get cut. And it, or it would not surprise me if the Ravens move on from him altogether. But again, you still got Broderick Washington, you still got Justin Matabuki, but how much longer will Brandon Williams be here? You have to address that position as well as far as the defensive tackle go, tackle uh, tackle goes, and then also pass rusher. You still have to adjust. Uh, you still have. We still have to address the pass rushing position. 
Yes, we have Jalen Ferguson. Tyus Bowser is coming back. Calais Campbell, Derek Wolf. So those are still positions that the Ravens need to address. And I believe Eric DaCosta will address them. Like I mentioned before, you still have those veteran free agent pass rushers still out on the market that Eric DaCosta can pick from. Maybe he signs one of those two. Maybe he or maybe he signs one of those four guys or five guys that I mentioned. Or maybe he signs the he, maybe he signs two of those four guys that I mentioned. You just never ever know. But coming up next, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. It's gonna be time for me to leave you with something to think about. Stay tuned. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Obviously, you know what time it is. It's time for me to leave you with something to think about. But before I get started on the question that I have, I want to simply say this. Me bringing up the fact that A.B. coming to Baltimore makes more sense now than it did last year, uh, last year or that it's the perfect time for this to happen now. It's just pure speculation on my part. It's just me trying to put two and two together at this point. Simply put, to sum sum up me bringing up A.B., possibly coming to Baltimore, and the reason or reasons why him coming to Baltimore makes more sense now than at any point last year, it's simply... A timing issue. It's simply a timing issue, and that's all it is at this point. I truly believe it's all about timing with Antonio Brown more now than it did. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, than it was last year. Last year was just simply a bad time. This time around, I think it's perfect timing. That's all I'm. That that's all I'm simply saying at this point about that situation. But again. My question, again, this is me leaving you with something to think about. Would you, would you, fellow Ravens fans, would you guys be for, would you guys be for Antonio Brown coming to the Baltimore Ravens? Would you guys be for this move? Why wouldn't you be for this move? Why would you not be for this move? Just throwing that thought out there. And also, also, my other question to you guys is, uh, is, is, is this. What type of impact do you guys believe Antonio Brown would make if he were to come here? I believe Antonio Brown would make a hell of an impact. I really, really think he would. But again, at the end of the day, it's all about Eric DaCosta making a decision on whether or not this move makes sense right now again simply put it's all about timing it's all about timing and it's all about making the right decision based off of the information that you get or that you get from the previous organization that Antonio Brown was with and based off of your own individual research that your front office has done on Antonio Brown in the past. So, again, my question to fe- my question to you fellow Ravens fans out there. 
Would you be would you be for Antonio Brown being a Raven? Why or why not? And what type of impact do you guys believe Antonio Brown will make on this football team moving forward if he were to come here? Again, he could end up signing with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think it makes sense because I don't believe Seattle needs him more than the Ravens does or more than the Ravens do. But again, or he could end up simply going back to Tampa Bay. But I don't believe he will because I don't believe Tampa has enough would have enough money to bring him back. Again, this is just pure speculation on my part. But what do you fellow Ravens, fan, Ravens fans think? Again, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the I'm Just Saying podcast, Baltimore Ravens edition. Thank you for tuning in to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to stay safe. Don't be stupid. We're still socially distancing. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Continue to stay safe. Be smart. Thank you for listening. I'm out. Peace.